Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. Making friends as an adult, it's way harder than we were in high school. And talking with my friend Josh Tice, he's a pastor of Southern Hills Baptist. How are you today, Josh? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic. At least I have you for a friend. <laughs> it's funny because as adults, it's a totally different game. I mean, we have teenagers. They're all social. They live for friendships. The rest of us, we work all week. We get to the weekend and we're like, I just want to relax. I just want to do a couple things at home. I just want to chill. But we don't think about friendships like we used to when we were young, huh? No, it's a great point. I think the average 13-year-old American girl has a better grasp of relationships and friendships than the adult American male, primarily because she understands the need for them. She understands to pursue them. She even classifies them. This is my first best friend and this is my third best friend. (laughs) So she inherently somehow understands the aspect of circles of friendships that we talk about in the book. So I'm telling you, man, it is something that we need to grow in. We're talking about the quest for friendship on SWS Radio today and talking with Josh Tice. Josh, you wrote this new book really digging into what friendship looks like. I mean, this last year has been a disaster for friendships, right? Obviously, isolation is one thing, which leads to depression when you're not meeting with your church or your small group. and You're not able to hug and high five or go out to lunch with your friends that you have as couples or with your whole family. You know, people you like to go on vacation with in the summer and do spring break and you're just like, oh, let's go to Great Wolf Lodge. Let's go to the water park. Let's go to a Golden Knights game. And you're like, wait, we haven't been able to do much of that this last year. It's taken a toll on the way that we look at quality in relationships. I'm completely in agreement, man. Hyper virtual world. Everything seems to be digital. So we've got to digitize our friendships. And I find that men and women and teenagers especially are lacking true friendship and deep community. And you're right, you're finding depression, anxiety, loneliness skyrocketing. And you see it in the eyes of our teenagers, especially. You see it in the results of people's practical lives. So prioritizing friendships is really something that American Christians have to get back to doing. You know, it was funny the other day, I was talking to my daughter who's 11 and she was talking about some people that are friends with her and some other people that are mean. And then they kind of group up together and they gang up on other people. And, you know, and you're one-on-one, it's great. But when you bring like three of the girls into the mix with her, then she feels like, wait, what's the deal? And it's funny because I think a lot of us never even realize that we all have different personalities in the way that we look at friendships. Like she has certain friends that are super social and life of the party and they can talk to five people at once and be equal with that. And then other people are more like, hey, just one-on-one. I'm really good one-on-one. But when there's like two or three, I feel awkward or I feel left out or, you know, I can talk to other guys, but you throw in a couple of women in the mix and you're just like, okay, it changes the dynamic. And a lot of us never learn that there's personality types and there's dynamics that we have to navigate through if you want to have quality relationships that are healthy. In agreement. Just like you said, personality types are designed by God, and we ought to lean into that. Some Legos have six connectors, and those connectors are fantastic. And if all six of those are connecting to another Legos, man, this is fantastic. Other Legos are like those matte Legos. You know what I mean? The green ones that you put on the bottom and you can stick (laughs) 168 Legos on there. And this is the way people are. Some of us are big Legos. We've got a lot of connectors and we can connect to many, many people. Others are smaller Legos and they connect, 
But we often find with these smaller Legos, their connections go far deeper. And so there are different issues that smaller Legos have than bigger Legos have. And knowing the size of your Lego is a big deal in understanding how you personally relate to those closest to you in life. We're talking about understanding friendship today at SWS Radio. Let's be honest. We're all terrible with friendships. You know, you might have like a best friend that you've had forever. And I don't know if we just default because the legacy, like I've known this person for like 20 years and they might live in Detroit, but I could pick up the phone or I could go visit them for the weekend and pick up right where we left off. But for the rest of us, we meet people at church and you know, oh, I'm going to go to a small group and maybe you connect with a couple people, other people you don't and you have to work at it and it feels awkward. But what do you think it is that takes it from, okay, I'm going to be intentional about getting to know some people. What takes it from that point, Josh, to how do we develop this into something there's more quality to that relationship? You know, everything in life that is worthwhile takes work, right? The relationship that you have with your spouse, if you're going to have a good relationship with your spouse, you got to prioritize it. You have to intentionally set aside time. You have to pursue that relationship. You have to invest in that relationship. We know it's true with our children. If our children are going to relate with us the way we want them to, we're going to have to set aside time. We're going to have to pause our schedule. We're going to have to intentionally say this is their time. It's true with our relationship with God. God is constantly pursuing us. But if we don't pause our schedule, intentionally pursue that relationship, it begins to grow cold. Men, men, listen to me. If you're not intentionally pausing your schedule to prioritize those friendships, ladies, with the busyness. I know some are listening to this right now and they've got babies running all over the kitchen counter and you're wondering how in the world could I prioritize a friendship? If we don't intentionally say, I need time for my friend and my friend needs time for me, we're going to lose those relationships. And that's where we begin to struggle mentally and emotionally. We begin to struggle spiritually. God intended this quest that we're on to not be a quest that we walk alone. God wants us to have true community and deep friendships in and through our lives. It's so interesting when we plug in with church. A few years ago, a lot of us looked at church differently than maybe we do now after living through this year of the pandemic. And and you watch a bunch of podcasts. You have all kinds of options to some amazing teaching. You have maybe Zoom things that you can do with small groups, or you can download a worship playlist or turn on the radio. But that's not the same as actually plugging in with church. And it's because there's a community element of that. And you see all the studies where people say, oh, I don't know if I need church. I can just download something. I can listen to something. But the problem with that is we're making it like a buffet. It's like, oh, I just want the message on hope and encouragement. I just want the message on things that I'm interested in, but I don't want to hear about how I should handle my money. I don't want to hear about things that are going to make me actually change. I don't want to hear about what I need to do to be a better husband. I just want to hear the message about what my wife should do to be a better wife. It's like, we just want like this on demand, like I want to click what I want buffet style spirituality, but we miss the whole part of this that it's about community and we need other people for the friendship, for the accountability, but also for like the spiritual impact of worshiping together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the church is not a content distribution company, right? I mean, we're not Netflix. (laughs) We're not trying to compete. We are essentially a community of friends who all are friends with Jesus. This is what Jesus told the disciples in his upper room. He said, look, guys, I don't call you servants anymore. From this point forward, you're my friends. Why? 
because what kind of a master tells his servants everything he's going to do? But I've told you everything that I'm going to do because you're my friends. And then he says to them in the upper room, you know how all people will know that you're my disciples? If you're friends with each other, if you love one another, just as I have loved you and the fathers loved me, so love one another. And so it's this amazing aspect of what I call incarnational ministry or the incarnational church. What does that mean? It means that when Jesus Christ, God himself wanted to get to know us, what did he do? He didn't send another letter through another messenger, a prophet. He himself became a man and he came to earth to physically touch us, to see us, to hold us, to help us. And in the same way, now he tells us, I'm going away. I've sent the Holy Spirit unto you, but now be together, hold each other, touch each other, be there with each other, look each other in the eye incarnational ministry is one of the things naturally needed. We lost in 2020, but thank God we're getting back to it again in 2021 in churches around the Valley and we need it. And that incarnational ministry needs to be emphasized, especially as we're in this hyper digitalized, digitized and virtual world that we're in now. What do you think about guys with friendships? I mean, I've heard pastors say things like, if guys would invest in relationships, it might actually change their whole family, and it might actually change our church. Because we're called to be the spiritual leaders, but let's be honest, most guys aren't stepping up to doing that. Well, we're tired, bro. I mean, look, (laughs) we've worked all week, and then we begin to not invest in those relationships. You're precisely right. A lot of this book that I wrote really came out of years of counseling. I was sitting there in a counseling session and a man was describing his problems. I'd never experienced this question before, but I I just threw it out there. I said, who do you have in your life that you can talk to about this? And this is what his answer was. He said, what do you mean? I said, you know what I mean? You know, somebody, uh, a good friend that you can talk to. Who's your closest friend? Name your closest friend. I'll never forget his response. He said, "Um," and his eyes went down and to the right. And I said, you don't have anybody like that you can share your hopes and dreams and fears and struggles with. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I got friends, he said. I came to the realization that this was a question I would begin asking more. Over the last five years, I've been doing this intentionally in counseling and in personal one-on-one, just casual conversation. Hey, tell me, who is your friend? Name a few guys that you can sit down and just talk to about anything. And I've been shocked at how many good men lack good friendships. It's something that we're missing. And so this book comes out of a passion that says, I think good men are missing out on one of the greatest gifts of life. And that is the friendship that you can have with another man in life, that women are missing out on how to make those relationships. I do believe that women are more aware of the need, but a lot of times they're wondering how in my busy schedule and what do I do and how do I say that? I talk in the book specifically about the steps to making good friends and retaining good friendships. So all of these things are true, yes, for men and women. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I'm Scott Harold on SWS Radio. We're talking with my friend Josh Tice. He's the lead pastor at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Vegas. But Josh, what's the best way to start a discussion with our kids that can really start to challenge them to think about the people that they're spending most of their time with? Because it affects their future. It affects all of us. Yeah, we do this with our children. I have three teenagers in the home. And (laughs) there have been times we've had to have those conversations, right? And the good friends versus the friends we would say are not helpful. First of all, we encourage them to spend as much time with their friends as possible. Uh, We want them over at our house as much as possible. We want them to have as much fun as possible. But occasionally, you come across 
a person that we say is not good for you. Have you ever heard the concept of a toxic friendship or a toxic person? Sure, we all have. That gives sometimes the idea that there are toxic people as in God can't handle them, nobody can. Well, that's not necessarily true. Some children are allergic to peanuts, terribly. Some children can just take peanuts. It's not the peanuts that are toxic. It's the toxicity is toward one particular person. With our children, sometimes we've had to sit down and explain, you know, that person, they're just not good for you. And you're not good for them. It seems like that friendship is not really been helping them. And it doesn't seem like that friendship's helping you go the right direction. Why don't we limit interaction with that particular friend so they can find others and you can find others? We never want to give the idea that any particular person is more time. We're all, according to the scripture, sinners and those who have been saved, sinners that have been saved and forgiven. There's not one better than another, but sometimes certain people are just not good for other certain people. It's funny how a lot of us, when we start dating, it starts with a friendship, right? It's like we're friends with a girl and we're hanging out and then it grows into something more than a friendship, right? And that's how it was with my wife and I. I don't think she was interested in me at all as more than a friend when we were hanging out at church in this college group back in the day. And then it grew into something. And then later we started dating. And it's funny because as we grow and we become dads, and we have careers, and we're busy, a lot of times we still look at our spouse as like my best friend. And there's a part of that that's great, but there's another part of that that wasn't how God created the relationship to be. She is now my wife, and there's a different role that I have as a husband and as a father and as a provider and as a spiritual leader, but I can't put all of my hopes and dreams for my best friend all on my wife. She wasn't created to hold that up, right, Josh? There's no way possible that your wife can be your Messiah. <laughs> this is a problem. One of the things that we as men do is we marry our best friend. Man, they're my best friend. And that may sound really good, but if they're your only friend, this is emotionally, spiritually, and relationally unhealthy for many, many reasons. The reason they are is what they can't do. They can't be with you every single moment. They also, by the way, can't be interested in everything you're interested in. So suddenly we get upset with our wife because she's not interested in the new shotgun that we bought. She's not interested in hearing about how we shot on the range today. And suddenly we want her to be so fascinated by the fact that the new Spider-Man movie is coming out. And this is so far away from where her wheelhouse, she has to pretend now to be a good wife. She has to pretend that she is fascinated with your hobby, right? And in reality, it's because we have isolated ourselves from other men who are interested in the things that we are interested in. Women do this to their husbands constantly. They're upset. They'll come in for counseling. I'm upset with my husband. What did he do? Well, I bought this new nail polish and it was just such a beautiful color. And he acted like he didn't even care. Here's why he didn't care. Because it's nail polish. You understand? <laughs> and what's happening here <laughs> is not that your husband is a bad husband. My dear sweet sister, you need to develop some female friends in your life that you can talk to about these things. These are not marital issues. These are relational issues. And sometimes we need to expand our range of influence. We need other friends other than your best friend that sleeps beside you. We're talking with Josh Tice today at SWS Radio, and he's the lead pastor of Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas. But it's funny because 
People that never watched church online at all before 2020 or into 2021 here can probably now say they have. And sometimes you watch so many podcasts or you listen to so much worship music and you start to think like, you know, I'm doing church, I'm involved, I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus, but that's not the same as being involved in a church community. And Josh, you just wrote a book about the quest for friendship, breaking down the, the relational part There's a relationship with God, but there's also a relationship with people that we have to have to be a fully encompassed Jesus follower. And we can't just put it all on God, and then we can't just all put it all on our friends. There's a wholeness that we often miss. No, absolutely. You know, Jesus Christ made this very clear with his disciples in the upper room discourse just the night before he was betrayed and crucified. I mean, imagine what was on Christ's heart. They were all connected to him. Now that's good. That's a great starting place. In fact, some of us might be thinking, that's all I need to be connected to Jesus. Well, it's the starting point, but according to Christ in the upper room, he looked at them and said, I call you friends. I call you my friends. Now love one another. How will all men know that you're my disciples? If you love one another, the disciples had the hardest time putting around their minds that Jesus would not be there physically with them. And so Jesus has two primary messages in the upper room. One, I'm sending the Holy Spirit unto you. I will be with you in spirit. But the second, love each other, be there for each other, be friends with each other. And it's a theme throughout. Why? Imagine the heart of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus feels so badly. He's not going to be able to be there and touch them and hug them and, and be there together in this incarnational ministry. And so what he's telling them, he's delegating the ministry to the people. And he says to the disciples, be there for each other, love each other, hold hands with each other, shake each other's hand, give each other the holy kiss. Now, in Las Vegas, that's the one thing we're not going to do. The holy (laughs) kiss is out, okay? (laughs) But everything else is on the table, and we need that fellowship with one another, physical fellowship in a digital world. This is what will make the church unique in the 21st century. All right, so let's break this down in a practical sense, okay? For guys that feel like, I don't really have a great friend. I don't really have someone that I can just call and talk about the stuff that I'm walking through with my marriage or talk about the struggles or the things that that I have inside of my head that just want to make it want to explode. Like, you know, just go like, okay, hey, your kid's on my kid's soccer team. Let's be friends, you know? And it's like, how do you break the ice (laughs) in starting that? Yeah, it sounds odd, but it's much more simple than we make it. In fact, in reality, we say it's simple. It's just not easy. We say be friendly, be available, and be aggressive. And what do you mean? Be friendly. It's really hard to make friends unless you're friendly. This is the word of God from the book of Proverbs. A man that has friends better be friendly. So yes, be friendly with people around you. You say my personality type is not friendly. Well, it's not about your personality type. Be friendly. Number two, be available, which means you have to be out there. This is one of the things that those who have been homeschooled really struggle with. Now, I can talk about this. I was homeschooled from K-5 all the way through my senior year of high school. It wasn't until I was a freshman in college that I sat in a physical classroom. So I get homeschooling. But one of the reasons why a lot of homeschoolers lack friends is because they're not available. It's like the working mother who works and raising children 80 hours a week, and then she gets to sleep three hours a night. She's not available to make those friends. Or the man who works all day comes home and sits in front of the TV. The availability is not there. So number one, be friendly. Number two, be available. You've got to put yourself out there. Go to the church picnic. 
go to church, go to small group, go to the community event, sit at the son's baseball game and talk to the other parents on the bleacher. And then number three, we say, be aggressive. This is the most difficult because the older we get, the more insecure we get. I'm convinced I don't want to be rejected. And now that I got married, I never have to be rejected again because I'm never going to put myself out there. And the reality is you have to be aggressive with friendships. You have to be able to walk across the room, put out your hand and say, hey, my name is. You have to be able to internally look and say, you know what? I think that's a good guy. He is going to be my new friend. I think that's a good woman. She's going to be my new friend. And aggressively move that relationship to the next level. When you get into best friends and close friends, it really is a conversation. Where a conversation that you've been close enough to be able to look across the table and say, you know what? I'm really thankful to God that God brought you into my life. And um, I'm hoping that we can do more together. It's been awesome. Let's go to the Spartan race together. Uh, let's go to the game together. Let's do more together because you know what? I, I need this in my life. That's an awkward thing for men to say, because as I said, in the American society, men become more insecure the older we get, but we become more secure the closer we are with Christ and the closer we are with friends who are also following Christ, that security builds. And so you have to be a friendly, you have to be available, but you really have to be aggressive. Go after those friendships. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a friend that sells insurance and he says, there is actually an algorithm, like a literal mathematical equation by how many calls you make, you will get a percentage of sales. And that's why telemarketers keep calling. You go, I don't know anybody who buys things from a random person calling on the phone, but people do. And he said, you just make so many calls and you make so many calls and you just know a percentage of those will lead to a sale. And that's how these insurance companies have grown to these multi-billion dollar levels. And, and I think it works that way with friendships. It's like a law of averages almost. It's like you just got to put yourself out there. You just got to keep trying. And then when you have someone that you start to click with beyond that, I think how much time you spend with people is a key component to growing an okay friendship or, hey, it's a guy I know from church to, wow, we're going to go do some things together. We're going to go to some games together. Hey, now our kids are starting to play together. And you know what? Since we've been hanging out together, now our wives are starting to talk. And it develops into something. Next thing you know, you're friends with them. Your kids are hanging out. Your wife and their wife are hanging out. You're going on vacation together from that point. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's needed. It's so needed for men, women, teenagers across the board. Absolutely. Well, Josh, I appreciate your book, The Quest for Friendship, that you just wrote to challenge all of us to just be a little more available, to be a little more intentional, and to be a little more aggressive with reaching out to people. It's not like going after someone, but inviting people in. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, thanks, Josh. We got it. Quest for Friendship is out now. It's available now if you go to ideanetwork.church forward slash store. So all you have to do is go to ideanetwork.church. You can pick up a copy. We would love to send it out to you ASAP. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. 